Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Thursday. It is Thursday. It's June 17th. And and what a crazy day yesterday in the NBA. From the start of the day right through the afternoon, just absolutely a crazy day. And I'll tell you this, I mentioned it on Twitter, but I'm going to say it here. It is absolutely wonderful to see so many of the franchises. You, you, you don't want to see the injuries. You don't like to see the chaos, whatever it may be. But it's nice to know that while other franchises are having to deal with less than ideal situations going on, your franchise, which of course for us is the Memphis Grizzlies, after years of dealing with it on our own, continuity, harmony, and a very, very bright outlook for the future. It's just nice to have peace. Now, that could change tomorrow. You hope it doesn't. But yesterday was just a reminder of the great thing we've got going here in Memphis and how much fun it is to cover it on a daily basis. And you've come to the one place here at Lotto Grizzlies that does that for you every single day. My name is Sean Coleman on today's episode. We're going to look at the Grizzlies when it comes to award season. We've had the MVP, all NBA teams, all defensive teams. Rookie of the Year was announced yesterday. But what about the Grizzlies when it comes to award season? Where have they thrived recently and where have they thrived in the past? We're going to look at that in the first segment. And in the second and third segment, as as the start of our player review series from this past season, I'm going to give a look as to why I think both Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman have better campaigns or better resumes to earn first-team all-rookie honors this year than many might expect to continue a trend that we've seen from the Grizzlies over the past few years. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. My name's Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies for three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've had a couple of pieces out here over the past few days talking about the multiple ways in which the Grizzlies can get to contention and looking at Desmond Bain's season in review. Make sure to check those, those out as well as all the other wonderful pieces from all the great writers over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've been here with Locked on Grizzlies now for going on a 15 months. Look, I'm a credentialed media member. Love talking about the Grizzlies, the NBA, sports in general, what have you. Everything that has to do with basketball and the Grizzlies, I enjoy doing this every day and love interacting with others who enjoy the same. A bit of a change in the schedule. You know, typically every Thursday night, we do Let's Talk Grizzness, our weekly episode on what is now Spotify Green Room. I'm actually headed out of town this evening, so it will be Sunday, and I'll update a time on Twitter. But Sunday, we will have this week's edition of Let's Talk Grizzness. Looking forward to talking plenty of Grizzlies basketball, and also by then, NBA basketball, as we'll obviously know where uh, how the Western Conference Finals are going to play out. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in this show. So, obviously, it's award season. And the thing is, is that the Grizzlies, they didn't really look to have a chance to have many of their players earn awards this season. There was an outside shot, a long shot, to be honest, of hopefully seeing Dylan Brooks be on the ballot for an All-NBA team. He did get some votes. I think that he certainly didn't get enough votes, but he did get some votes. And then, of course, with Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman, it's likely that they'll both have an opportunity to make the All-NBA rookie teams probably the second team. But it got me to thinking, you know, 
We've seen here recently that the Grizzlies have had a ton of success when it comes to their rookies. Obviously, John Morant winning Rookie of the Year last year, him and Brandon Clark making the first, the all um, NBA rookie first team, Jaron Jackson Jr. doing that before. Ja became the second player in, NBA, in Grizzlies history to win Rookie of the Year. But how exactly decorated are individuals in the past when it comes to the Grizzlies? And I felt that that was a fun thing to look at, and I looked at it a bit um, in depth on Twitter yesterday. So in terms of the Grizzlies as a franchise, you know, and, and it all centers on since they've been in Memphis, here's kind of a rundown of what individual league awards have players earned before when it comes to the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies, so the, it, there have been eight times in which a Grizzlies player has earned all NBA defensive honors. Tony Allen did it six times. Mark Gasol did it once and Mike Conley did it once as well. Six all-star appearances for the Grizzlies over time. Mark did it three times. Zach Randolph did it twice. Pau Gasol did it once. And then there have been three all-NBA selections. Probably the, the, the most you know prestigious award, I could guess you could say, for a Grizzlies player. Mark Gasol has done it twice, and Zach Randolph has done it once. But it's kind of funny as to how it's worked out. So between... To basically 2009 and 2015, um, five of the Grizzlies All-Star appearances and all of their All-NBA appearances have occurred. But there was a stretch of time where the Grizzlies award recognition was, it was a bit weird. So in the 2009-2010 season, Zach Randolph became the second Grizzlies player after Pau Gasol. He made his first All-Star appearance and only the second time a Grizzlies player had made that in franchise history. Well, in... Um, during the 2010-2011 season, Zach Randolph didn't make the All-Star team, but he did make the All-NBA team. And then the 2011-2012 season, it was Mark Gasol who made the All-Star team, but then in the 2012-2013 season, the Grizzlies, in the year that they went to the Western Conference Finals, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies had only one player make the All-Star game in Zach Randolph. But Mark Gasol, Mike Conley made the All-NBA team that year. I believe so did Tony Allen. But Mark Gasol made the All-NBA second team, made the All-NBA defensive second team, but yet also won Defensive Player of the Year despite not making the All-Star game. There's a lot of weird ups and downs when it came to the Grizzlies and award seasons over that time. But eight All-Defensive teams, six of which came from Tony Allen, uh, Six All-Star appearances, Mark three times, uh, Powell, tw or Zebo twice, and then Powell once. And three All-NBA appearances over time. Zach Randolph did it in the 2010-2011 season, Mark Gasol 2012 and 2013, and then once again in 2014-2015. That year, he made, he made the All-NBA first team and also was the starting center in the... Um, all-Star game for the West. The only player who's ever made been the the starting uh, been an All-Star starter for the Grizzlies. And Gasol also um, has won the most prestigious individual award for being the 2012-2013 NBA Defensive Player of the Year. So there's plenty of recognition that have happened for this Grizzlies team, especially when you look at it from a defensive perspective when it came to the grit and grind era. But the thing that I'll say is this, is that I mentioned on Twitter the other day, so you look at six All-Star all appearances and three All-NBA appearances among all the players that have ever played for the Grizzlies in franchise history. I posted the question out there, 
is there what is the thought of the Grizzlies fan base that John Morant and Jaron could combine to match or exceed six All-Star appearances and three All-NBA appearances as they continue their careers in Memphis. Overwhelmingly, there was a thought that, yes, they could do it. And the big reason why is because of John Morant. But I do think that one thing that stands out, one reason why this could be a barometer for going into next year is because, as I mentioned and as I'll continue to mention, the two biggest things that stand out to me next year are will John and Jaron take their significant steps towards turning their potential into production to where you start seeing John that all-star conversation. You start seeing Jaron show flashes of where he could eventually be in the all-star conversation, and you can see Jenkins being a big reason why they've developed. I personally think that the combination of John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr. can and will match the six all-star appearances and three combined all-NBA appearances between them as a duo that have already been produced by the, all the Grizzlies players combined that have previously played for the franchise. I think there certainly is a high chance that John and Jaron can do that. But they've got to start next year, in my opinion, and that's really the importance of this being a barometer. It's not to sit here and say them making the All-Star game is going to be do or die in terms of their future potential. But it's just saying that them getting to that level means that they're progressing at the rate that they need to to be the type of one-two impactful combination that this Grizzlies team is going to need for them to be to eventually become a sustainable winner and hopefully a title contender in time. And in support of them, you also want to see defensive talents as well. That could be a Dylan Brooks. It could be someone that we trade for in the future. But you could see all defensive NBA talents come in to support Jaw and Jaron. So yes, at the end of the day, I'm not sitting here saying that Jaw and Jaron need to have the best two individual seasons that a Grizzlies player has ever had. That'd be wonderful, but do I expect it? No. But do I think that them playing at the level to where you could consider Jaws an all-star or you could sit here and see flashes of Jaron showing his all-star potential, if we could see that frequently next year, that's going to be a big, big boost to what already is a successful situation here in Memphis. And I do think in time, you certainly will see both Jaw and Jaron in the conversation when it comes to these individual awards. You'll see them more frequently than any two Grizzlies players we've seen, and that's going to be a big boost to our overall chances to be a contender in time. But of course, the supporting cast needs to be there as well to truly allow for this Grizzlies team to get to where they want to go. I mentioned it in yesterday's show. The Grizzlies' ability to identify talent and develop it has been a big, big boost to their ability to get this reboot start off right. And we're seeing this year why depth is very important even for teams that are contenders right now. The Grizzlies' depth could certainly be a great asset to this team. Two of the biggest role players that stood out this year were the two rookies, Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman. Coming up, starting with Desmond Bain, I'm going to talk about why I think both Bain and Tillman have a bigger case, a better resume than people may realize, to get All-NBA Rookie First Team honors this season. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, and this week, today, we're choosing the Michelob Ultra moment of the week, and obviously with the Grizzlies no longer playing, we'll talk about what they did during the season, and to, to cannot think of a better time than to highlight one of the better moments of the playoffs. It was the end of the third quarter in game one of the uh, first round of the playoffs against the Jazz, and Desmond Bain hit a three right in the eye of George Niang um, of the Jazz, and there was a little bit of a scuffle between the Jazz and the Grizzlies, but it, to me, it was a layered point of positivity. 
Bane belonged there. The Grizzlies belonged there. They showed that they had the confidence and the swagger to not let the moment be too big for them. And Bane absolutely nailed a big, big three to give the Grizzlies, you know, room that they needed to be able to close out the game at the end. And the thing that I'll say is, is that that's the thing about this team. Whether it's joy, happiness, enjoyment, however you want to describe it, this team loves playing together. And through playing together, it allows for them to be able to get better individually and as a unit. And that's what allows for them to continue exceeding expectations, such as a player like Desmond Bain, who not only had a historic shooting season as a rookie, but also certainly stepped up his game across the board, as we'll discuss in just a moment. But I'll tell you this, if you enjoy basketball, the Grizzlies, whatever you like to enjoy, you enjoy it a bit more if you enjoy it with the nice collab of Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Make sure that you enjoy a nice glass of Michelob Ultra the next time you sit down to watch the Grizzlies or any type of sports that you enjoy. On today's Road to the Finals NBA coverage, it's brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it in, in 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Coming up tomorrow, very excited as a, a special guest. I'll kind of keep it a little bit of a secret um, as to who it is. A special guest that I have certainly enjoyed interacting with throughout the season. He will be with me tomorrow to discuss the Grizzlies, not only in terms of their season in general and the NBA playoffs, but also breaking down the Grizzlies from a cap scenario, from their contract scenario. How does the overall cap situation for this Grizzlies team look moving forward? Spoiler alert, it's a positive, just like so many other things about the Grizzlies. But very excited. Special guest will be joining me for tomorrow's episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Make sure to check it out and enjoy it. It'll be a great listen for the weekend as we get further into the offseason, in which the Grizzlies certainly are going to be looking, making plenty of moves, and they should have more than expected cap space to do it. We'll get into that on tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. But let's talk about one player who isn't likely going anywhere, and that is Desmond Bain, the 30th pick in the NBA draft. I remember very vividly the day that we picked Desmond Bain. I had the pleasure of being on the locker room app at the time and was talking with, you know, some folks from the Mavericks who we had, you know, discussed, you know, who the Grizzlies might go after. Like, let's go back a little bit to that time when the Grizzlies were looking at the NBA draft. You know, we were talking about what the Grizzlies might do. They had the 40th pick, but we really knew because they conveyed their pick to Boston from the Jeff Green trade back in 2015. They, they had the 14th pick, or the 40th pick, but we knew that the Grizzlies needed shooting, and there was a bit of excitement in the air because there was also the revelation that the Grizzlies, you know, had previously worked out prospect Tyrell Terry, who on a few levels was exciting because he obviously was a shooting prospect, but where he was going to be taken showed that the Grizzlies may have interest in trading up in the 2020 draft like they did in 2019 to get Brandon Clark. Well, that's exactly what happened. Not only did the Grizzlies trade up, but they went after a shooting talent. But it was not Tyrell Terry. It was at the 30th pick to get Desmond Bain. And there was a little bit of fun. There was a little bit of swagger that came out of this pick. Number one, we traded with Boston. And after their rookie seasons, you could certainly say we conveyed the Jeff Green pick to Boston right? They picked Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. We picked Bain by trading up with them to get him at 30, and Bain absolutely had a better year than Aaron Neesmith. We traded in front of division rival 
um, the Dallas Mavericks, who certainly could have used him. And all season long, you've seen Boston and Dallas fans who have been frustrated that they didn't get banged. Now, I'm not here to sit here and place a player's value on the angst of others not getting him while my team did, but it's it's a nice consolation prize. It's fun to see. But the thing about it is this, is that at the time that the Grizzlies chose Desmond Bain, it was clear he was a value. It was clear that he was a steal, as I think many described it, and he did nothing but support that case all season long. I said it back in January. Others said it as well. I felt right from the get-go. Desmond Bain was one of the best pure shooting talents this franchise had ever seen as soon as he stepped on the court. And his numbers this season did nothing but validate that. Take this for instance. A Grizzlies player, Desmond Bain attempted 271 threes this season as a rookie, right? A Grizzlies player has attempted 271 three or, or more threes in a season 37 times, okay? Bain shot 43.2% from three this year on 271 attempts. Only Mike Miller, Mike Conley, Michael Dickerson back in the Vancouver days, and Desmond Bain, they're the only players and have combined to do it seven times who have 271 or more three-point attempts in a single season and have shot better than 40%. The only two players out of that group who have done who have shot 40% or better from three with a, with a true shooting percentage of 60% or higher are Desmond Bain and Mike Miller. That's the proof that I have when I say that I feel Desmond Bain is among the best shooting talents that have ever played for this Grizzlies franchise. Mike Miller is obviously the best shooter this Grizzlies team has ever had. I will honestly back up any day of the week Desmond Bain is the best shooter this franchise has had. It's the best shooting talent this franchise has had since Mike Miller in his prime. Yes, Mike Conley did outstanding as a three-point shooter, but in terms of a pure shooting talent, I think that Desmond Bain is the best we've had since Mike Miller. But the thing about it is this, is that his shooting production is not just limited in terms of its historic significance. It's not just limited to his time with the Grizzlies. During this rookie season, Desmond Bain, again, with his 271 three-point attempts, Desmond Bain is only the 10th rookie in, in NBA history. He's only the 10th rookie in NBA history who has attempted 271 or more threes and made 40% or better of those attempts. Therese Halliburton of the Sacramento Kings is one of the others to do it. So two rookies did it this year. Mike Miller did it his rookie season in the 2000-2001 year. But Desmond Bain became one of only 10 rookies to attempt as many three-point attempts as he did or more while shooting 40% or better from three. Of that group of 10, only Steph Curry had a better three-point shooting percentage than Desmond Bain. 43.7% for Curry, 43.2% for Bain. But in that group, Desmond Bain also had the best effective field goal percentage and third-best true shooting percentage. What that means is this is that it's not just that Desmond Bain basically was a fluke. Like, for instance, Landry Shamet a few years ago was a part of this group. He probably is more of a fluky type shooter, though he's a good shooter. His production was probably a bit more fluky than Desmond Bain's. The fact that Bain is at the top of this group when it comes to effective field goal percentage as well as true shooting percentage, it lets 
it makes it known that his shot selection is among the best in this group. When he takes a three, it likely was the best shot on that position for the Grizzlies, and it's also because of the fact that his efficiency and effectiveness in taking the shots are there as well. So it's not just that Desmond Bain is a quantity three-point shooter. It's not just that Desmond Bain can only hit shots when he's wide open. Desmond Bain is literally one of the best quality shooting rookies in the history of the NBA. I won't say he had one of the best three-point shooting seasons ever. There are others who made several more than he did during their rookie season. But when he came to, it comes to accuracy and quality of the shot, Desmond Bain had one of the best seasons a rookie has ever had when it comes to three-point shooting. But the thing about it is this, is that Desmond Bain, it's not just three-point shooting. Three-point shooting alone is not something that should get Desmond Bain in the conversation to be a member of the all-rookie first team. What should be there is the fact that among this rookie class, of any rookies that played 50 or more games and averaged 15 or more minutes per game, Desmond Bain was second in, uh, in true shooting percentage and second in effective field goal percentage. Now, while he only took 7.3 shots per game, when you consider those numbers were produced with him taking nearly 55% of his shots from three, that just shows how amazing of a shooter Desmond Bain is and will be as time goes on. But to define Desmond Bain, and he he was the, he, he clearly he clearly validated he was the best shooter in this rookie class because he was the best shooter of any rookie that played in the NBA this season. But it's not just Desmond Bain's shooting ability that defines him as a player. He's not just a shooter. He's not just a three-point specialist. He is turning into a legitimate across-the-board producer and two-way player. For instance, before the All-Star break, on a 36-minute basis, just to make it a bit easier to look at, Desmond Bain was averaging 4.5 rebounds, 2.1 assists, and 1.6 turnovers per game. After the All-Star break, his rebounding percentage went from 4.5 or his rebounding rate went from 4.5 per 36 to 5.3. His assists went from 2.1 to 3.3 and his turnovers went down from 1.6 to 1.2. Desmond Bain approved across the board in terms of the quality of production that he offered. There were times especially um you know towards the end of the season and, and as the playing games were going on there were times when Desmond Bain wasn't shooting the three all that much, but was still getting ample playing time because he was adding value while he was on the court. If you want proof of that, in the second half of the season, for any four-man group of the Grizzlies that played 100 or more minutes together in the second half of the season, Desmond Bain was a part of three of the five best four-man groups he was a part he was a part of 3 of the 5 groups that produced the 5 best defensive ratings and the 5 best net ratings. When Desmond Bain was on the court, there was a good chance one of our better lineups was on the court as well in the second half of the season and Bain along with Jaw Dylan, Kyle and Jonas, they were our best lineup by far against the Jazz. So that's where Bain's value is coming into it. His three-point shooting is an absolute revelation for a team that needed it more than any other in the Memphis Grizzlies. But he is someone who continues to add value beyond his shooting, unlike many other young shooters who really only have their value tied to their shooting. Desmond Bain is more than just a shooter, and in my opinion, because of how he improved across the board, to go along with the quality of his shot, I truly do feel he has 
a good resume to make the All-Rookie First Team. Don't think he will because the quantity won't be there. The All-NBA Rookie First Team, just like the Rookie of the Year award, it's about quantity. It certainly is, but I do think Desmond Bain has a very good chance of at least being in the conversation. But he's not the only Grizzlies rookie that should be in the conversation. Coming up, we're going to talk a bit about Xavier Tillman and why I feel he also is someone that should be in the conversation for not only the All-NBA Rookie first team, if it's not there, but at least an All-NBA rookie, rookie second team selection. As I mentioned tonight, me and my me and my family, we are heading out of town. And of course, that means, you know, with the summer being here, you're probably heading out of town, you know, more often than usual. And if that's the case, you want to make sure that your car obviously is in good working order. And if you need car parts, I've got the one place that has you covered, and that's rockauto.com for a variety of reasons. Number one, it's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you're likely going to find what you need. And regardless of the parts or the make and model of the car that you need, it's likely going to be cost effective because no matter if you're someone that does your own repairs, you need someone to do your repairs, or you do repairs for someone else for a living, rockauto.com is a great source because it allows for you to be able to find the parts that you need at reasonable prices. Visit When you visit rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. The NBA playoffs continue to get more and more exciting day by day. It's though unfortunate, though it's for unfortunate reasons at times, the odds tend to keep changing based on each night's games. And so if you're a fan of wagering and betting on sports, whether it's the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, whatever playoffs you enjoy, BetOnline has you covered because it's the fastest and easiest way for you to bet online. Baseball season is also in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams preps for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Use Locked On when you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, raise your hand if you thought that the Atlanta Hawks would be three and, and would be up three to two on the Philadelphia 76ers. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, tomorrow, we're going to have a very special guest on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast discussing the Grizzlies offseason and from a salary cap contract perspective, how the Grizzlies are in a good situation, but how flexibility in those areas are going to be key as they continue to put this roster together and upgrade it in their pursuit of becoming a sustainable winner. Well, as we mentioned in the second segment, one of the ways this Grizzlies team certainly is continuing to progress to progress towards being a sustainable winner is because of how well it drafts. And Desmond Bain is the latest example of that, but he wasn't the only example of that this year. Though Xavier Tillman may not have have had as much impact or much chances Bane this year or have as clear of a strength as Bane done when it, when it comes to Bane shooting. Xavier Tillman also certainly offered plenty of quality production when he was on the court. When you look at Xavier Tillman, the great the best thing about him this season is that he was so consistent at adding value. He was so consistent at consistently adding positive value when he was on the court. For instance, 
When it comes to rookies that played this season, Xavier Tillman was sixth in plus-minus. He was the sixth best, best in total individual plus-minus. Now, whether or not you consider that a flawed statistic to use, it does back up the point that when Xavier Tillman was on the court, he consistently was a part of lineups that were creating positive outcomes for the Grizzlies. And it also goes to show that when you consider of rookies who played at least 50 games this season and averaged 15 minutes per game, Xavier Tillman was second in net rating. He produced the second best individual net rating for any rookie that played at least 50 games and 15 or more minutes per game. Desmond Bain was also on that list as well at seven. But if you remember in the second segment, I talked about Desmond Bain and that same group of rookies, the, the, the rookies that played in at least 50 games and had 15 or more minutes per game that they played. Desmond Bain was second in true shooting percentage and second in effective field goal percentage. The one person that he trailed was Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman had the best effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage of any rookie that was in a consistent role in on their squad. That's how good Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain were as a duo when it came to shot selection and consistently offering value when they were on the court. Xavier Tillman also was 8th in rebounds this season, and just like Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman saw many of his production rates across the board, assists and three-point shooting in particular, significantly improved as the second half of the season went along. And the thing about it is this, is that the other thing that stood out about Xavier Tillman, unlike Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain's role with the team, yes, he started and then went back into a reserve role, there were a few times Desmond Bain's role did switch on him. He he there, he had he played different roles this season for the Grizzlies as a starter and then as a sharpshooter off the bench. But even more so, Xavier Tillman went from being a, a, a starter for a week or two in January, you know, less than 25 games into his career because of injuries to Jonas Valanciunas and others, to being out of the rotation towards the middle of the year as the Grizzlies got healthier. But then when Brandon Clark, unfortunately, was not able to get going on his end due to injuries, Tillman stepped right back up, stepped right back into a role in which, you know, he didn't play that much during the playoff series, but he did play quite a bit in the second half of the season and did very well in roles that allowed for him to be that third or fourth big off the bench. So that's another thing that really stood out about this about these two rookies is that they played different roles this season, but in those roles, they performed very well. They remained productive and added value, and that's something that you don't see from a lot of rookies. For several rookies, if they start off with a very important role and then it gets reduced, you see them kind of fall off. You see their production and confidence fall off a bit, but with both Tillman and Bain, you really saw their maturity and their commitment to being able to contribute any way that they can, that shined through, and that would, that's what made both of them highly productive throughout the season. But the thing about it is this, is that the pairing of Tillman and Bain, it goes beyond just what they offered on the court. I think both certainly should get consideration for the first-team all-rookie NBA team this year, all-rookie NBA first-team this year. I certainly think they do. At the end of the day, I think they both make the second team. But I don't think that it can be stated enough. And if you want to use this as cliche, if you don't put value on this, 
that's fine. But for a team that does put value on it, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain fit right into the culture here in Memphis. Both come across as being mature beyond their years. You have to, you know, keep reminding yourself, you're not talking to two 10-year vets. You're talking to two 22-year-olds. Both are mature beyond their years. Both come across as genuinely good guys based in positive, with personas based in positivity and unwavering confidence. Of course, you've also got the added caveat with Xavier Tillman that his best friend just so happens to be Jaron Jackson Jr. You see how fun how much fun they have being on the same roster. You see the support that Dylan Brooks has in taking Desmond Baines under his wings and how much chemistry and confidence the teammates have in these two rookies and how much of a friendship and brotherhood that's there. Sure, at the end of the day, it's talent that matters for a team to continue to progress. Talent on the roster matters. But having a roster that enjoys playing together, as we've seen across the NBA in no less than the past 24 hours, you see how important it is to have continuity and chemistry on a roster. And Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman both more than more than play their role in those opportunities for the Grizzlies. So though each may not make the All-NBA Rookie First Team this year, I certainly think that they are two of the more quality rookies in terms of production this season, and the Grizzlies should be very lucky to have them as a duo going forward. Don't forget on tomorrow's episode, we're going to have a very special guest on Locked on Grizzlies talking about the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies season as well as their near-term future and how to upgrade from both a salary cap and contract perspective. A lot of insight in that show. You'll certainly want to stick with us and enjoy it tomorrow. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC. Don't forget our weekly Grizzlies episode, Let's Talk Grizzness. Instead of tonight at 8, I'll be moving it to Sunday. We'll update that time on Twitter over the weekend as I'll be heading out of town for the evening. But looking forward to being back with y'all tomorrow. Again, another episode of Locked on Grizzlies. And the next week, we'll get into and continue our season review for each of the players and where they stand going, where they stand this offseason and where they stand going forward as far as their future with the franchise. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.